are going to be looking at John 6 today. So if you have your Bibles, raise your hand if you don't have a Bible, and Bob will bring you one. Yeah. Uh -huh. Right. So we're John 6, and um, I'm just going to kind of give a background. So um, we're going to... I'm not going to be reading word for word, but um, I'm just going to kind of give a background. This is sort of the beginning of John. Basically, I'll kind of summarize it, that um, Jesus wanted to go up on the mountain with his disciples and be refreshed because he'd been praying for a lot of people. But then he looked up and he saw a huge crowd that was following him. And he had a lot of compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he taught them for quite a while, all day long. And maybe it was getting, it was getting to be the end of the day. And um, it was the Passover, the feast of the Jews, as it says in verse four, the feast of the Jews was at hand. And the Passover is when they celebrate um, that, remember they got freedom from their slavery in Egypt. And so they celebrated that by slaughtering a lamb and um, remembering that God had freed them from that. By the blood of the lamb, they were saved. So they were getting ready to celebrate that. And then when Jesus saw the, this huge crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, one of the disciples, and this is in verse 5, um, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test Philip, for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, 200 denarii. So a denarii is like a day's wage. So 200 times. How much is a day's wage if you're making minimum wage? How much are you making 20 bucks an hour? That's a lot. 160. That'd be a lot if you made 20 bucks an hour, but 160 times 200. Not even that much would be enough to feed all the people. That's what Philip says. Not even for them to get a little bit, right? And so verse eight, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother said to him, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? I just love that, that he even thought about it. He's like, okay, what do we have? What do we have? And I think that's what Jesus wants us to do is think what is it that we have and this is kind of ridiculous that he even brought it up so he thought of it and then he probably got embarrassed and like yeah but what's that you know these two you know little fish and five little barley loaves so jesus said have the people sit down he liked that idea hmm. jesus is going with it imagine that he he liked this idea he likes our ideas that seem lame but it shows that there's even a little mustard seed worth of faith to even suggest that, even though it's like, well, actually, and Jesus is like, yeah, let's just go with it. Okay, everyone sit down. It's a lot of people, 5,000 men, plus their partners, their wives, and all the kids. I don't know how many that would be, probably 24,000 people. That's a lot of people sitting down, hungry, after listening to Jesus teach all day and healing them and so forth. Um, so they, there, it says now there was much grass in the place. So we know this is springtime or getting to be summer time of Passover. So 
The men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus took the, the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So he's thanking God for what? For these little tiny, like providing for what? Like he was thanking God. Maybe he was thanking God that there was a bit of faith among one of his disciples. One of them had said, there's no way, even if we had 200 denarii, enough for like, yeah, that wouldn't even give enough. And any, but then the other disciples like, well, hmm, about this. And Jesus is like, yeah, okay. So he's giving thanks for that. Would we ever do something like this? This like bordering on kind of crazy in my opinion, but I like it. There's something I like about it. There's something really kind of exciting and adventurous and thrilling actually i think we're wired for this kind of thing yeah if you do something like that in today's world they would call it a march yeah the christians are having a march mm -hmm. that's what they would say yeah i mean it's like what can, can we, we do, do? Like we're doing yeah. something we're doing what we can and jesus here is he gives thanks for the bread he gives thanks he 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 gives thanks for the for the barley loaves and the two little fish you just imagine that let's put ourselves on that grass, let's sit down there and experience the story on the grass with these multitudes of people, like 24,000 people. It's probably, there's probably a lot of kids making a lot of noise, way more noise than we just heard. Way, you, you think this was chaotic? This was actually calm. And, um, and the kids are blessings. And he's giving thanks. said that um, they were serving soup here and you didn't have a just had one pot or something oh yeah and there it was yeah i'll tell that story one time we had a pot of soup because we normally have soup after after church on sundays we're not we haven't done it for the past couple sundays because we haven't had our floor until today and we had soup one day and lisa made soup and usually two people are supposed to bring the soup but only she did and there was not enough no way but we blessed the soup she blessed it and and we and she asked God to multiply it. And there was a long line of people, a long line of people that wanted soup. And everybody got served, including a lady who said, Can I have um, leftovers to take home to someone who doesn't have any? And Lisa's like, Oh, well, why don't you wait till the end? I don't know. Cause she's like, There's no way this is gonna do it. And and we counted, you know, how many people there were in the soup. There's no chance, but God multiplied the soup. And then the lady came at the end and Lisa said, there is a little bit left. And the lady took her container and it filled the entire container. Then the pot was done. And so God multiplied that soup. And this happens. But I love that Jesus loves the idea. It wasn't his idea. What's really cool is that you kind of doubted it too. You guys were just like, yeah, it's like, mm, gonna happen. I don't think. And I mean, Jesus is like, Jesus is like wait, you got doubt? Things. You got doubt, but there's a little bit of faith. Yeah. And he's like blessing the faith. So he's giving yeah. thanks. And then everyone ate. And it says, when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. There was actually leftovers from two little fish and five little buns. I have little barley buns. There was leftovers and it says, so they gathered them up, the fragments, and filled 12, 12 baskets with fragments from the barley loaves left by those who had eaten. So basically, if there's 12 disciples, there would have been a basket uh, for each disciple as a souvenir to bring home, as kind of souvenir 
miracle bread that Jesus wanted them to have to bring back home and maybe say, hey, look, this is what came out of these loaves. I'm just going to show you, right? He liked that. And it says when the people, so the crowds, when the people saw the sign that Jesus had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Perceiving then Jesus, when he perceived that they were about to come and force him to become king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. So what happened here? The crowd was absolutely amazed. They're like, wow, this, we could really, we could really go a long ways with this. Like, but it's weird because they wanted to force Jesus to become king. How do you force someone to become king? I don't know if they like, we're going to capture him and carry him on their shoulders. And like, what are they going to do? Like, you know, bottle him up like a genie so that they could have bread every day. I don't know. What, what were they thinking? Yeah, they were thinking he would love it. Hey, you got it. We're going to make you king. We're going to make you king. He's like, wait a second. Just because there is an opportunity for promotion doesn't mean we should take it. Have you ever had an opportunity to make a lot of money quick or get power or be honored by people? I'm not saying God, but by people. Have you ever had an opportunity for something that would give you power? But then you realize, wait a second, this might be a trap. Even a crown on your head might be a trap. Even a throne under yourself might be a trap. But in Mark's gospel, if you, if you look at both gospels, if you look at the Mark account and you look at the John account, you will see that the disciples seem to have been excited like the crowd was that Jesus could become king like Finally, they're going to, they realize that Jesus is not just this ordinary guy, but he's like king material. We need him to be king on our earth right now. And it says in the, in the gospel of Mark that he actually uh, really persuaded them hard, like almost forced them, not violently, but he said, you guys got to get in that boat right now and go across the lake. Right, right when that was happening, he's like, no, 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 this crowd, the, this crowd is going to influence my disciples the wrong way. They've got the wrong idea. And he separated his disciples from the crowd. And he said, get on, go in front of me, go, go ahead of me. I'll be there later. And he, he dismissed the crowd, said, okay, you know, you've had, you've had some bread. Now it's, it's time to go home. So they did. And Jesus went up to the mountain. In the meantime, the disciples were out there rowing and it was getting to be dark. And they were in the middle of this lake, which could be, which was also called the sea. It could become very violent with really big waves. And two chapters before in John, we realized that this was the case because the disciples were in the boat with Jesus. He was actually asleep and this huge storm brewed up and they freaked out. They thought, Jesus, you're going to, what, you're not doing anything. We're going to all die. So I think this was in their minds and they didn't want to have a repeat. And now they're alone. Okay. They're alone and they're in the middle of the sea because it says um, in the book of Mark that they were about three or four miles out. That means they were in the middle. So they're the farthest away from land that they could possibly be the most vulnerable. And Jesus saw them straining at the oars. And it said that he had compassion on them, just like he had compassion on the crowds when he needed some alone time. He was planning to be alone with his disciples. He had compassion in the same way he saw the disciples out there. And he saw them straining at the oars. And so it said that um, 
Uh, now it was dark and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because of a strong wind blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea, coming near the boat, and they were freaked out. They were frightened, it says. So not only were they freaked out because the storm was like about ready to capsize their boat, but now they see a ghost and they thought it was a ghost. And in that culture, if you see a thing coming at night like that, it's a monster and you're, you're doomed. So they were, they were all so afraid. But he says to them, it is I, do not be afraid. And in Greek, the word is ego imi. And that's the same phrase that God said to Moses, I am, I am, like I am God. If the Pharaoh asks, who sent you? But Moses said, who should I say sent me to say, let my people go? And God said, it is, it is I. Say, it is ego imi, I am. And Jesus said, I am here. Don't be afraid. I am. And they wouldn't have understood that to mean I am God. God is here. I'm not just a miracle worker. I don't just make bread. I'm God. I walked out over the sea. I am over the power of death. I am over anything you could be afraid of. You, you think that, you know, I'm not here because you can't see me. I'm, I've actually been seeing you the whole time. You know, it's like God has that little find me on his phone. You know, when you want to find someone you care about and where are they? Where's their location? Here they are. Jesus knows all the time where we are. Now he could have from that mountain, he could have just said, storm, stop. He saw them out there. Why didn't he just storm stop? Why did he actually walk out on the water to them? Well, in, the, in Mark's gospel, it said he was planning to pass them by. But because they were so freaked out and thought he was a ghost, they got in the boat. What does that mean he was planning to pass them by? I, I pondered this all week because I just thought, why would Jesus pass them by? Was he planning on just going like... <laughs> Was he like planning to sneak by? I don't think so. So it's not really translated very accurately because I checked um, the Greek. What it means is that he planned to pass by in the same way. The same phrase is used in the Old Testament in, I think it's Exodus 33, 22. Is that right, Bob, or is it Numbers? Exodus 33, 22, when um, God said to Moses, Get in the crag of that map of those rocks. Get in it because I'm about to pass by. And if you see my face, you won't survive. So you're only going to be able to see my backside, but you're going to see my glory. But but I'm as I pass by. So just I'm going to put my hand as I pass by, and you're just going to see, you're going to see part of me. And what what does that mean? It means that God wanted to reveal something to Moses about who he was and his in his compassion, in his tenderness, that he wanted to take Mo Moses deeper into his love and to show him, to reveal something about his character. Jesus is God, but the disciples have not understood this, just like the crowd didn't get it. They thought, oh, he's the guy who's gonna be the earthly king. No, Jesus is God. His kingdom is not of this earth. He is the king, but not in the way that people were gonna think they could elect him. No one can elect Jesus to become king. He just is. And, and so anyway, in this set, set situation, he was about to pass by to reveal something to them about 
his character as God, but he wasn't able to do it because they were too afraid. So he got in the boat and it says that they were astonished. Our English version says that they were astonished. Really the word is they were completely boggled. They, they were mind boggled. They were, they were perplexed. They were, they didn't get it. And his response was, um, let's see, Mark six. I gotta go back and forth between these two stories to kind of give a full picture because neither of them gives all the details. But um, it says, da da da. Bob, do you know where it is? Where do you go? Do you have it? It says basically that um, he was he was surprised that they were surprised because he um, he said you know what? You don't understand the parable of the, of the loaves. He said, you didn't get it. Um, your heart, because your hearts were hardened. You didn't get the parable of the loaves. That's why you're afraid. And I was thinking all week, what does that mean? You didn't understand, not, not the parable. You didn't understand the meaning of the multiplication of the loaves. What could this mean? That they didn't get the meaning of that miracle. And that's why they were afraid in the boat. If they understood that miracle, they wouldn't be afraid in the boat. Can anyone guess what or what do you, what ideas do you have? People want signs and benefits. They want a food bank. They want food. They want bread. And in a matter of fact, when Jesus got to the other side with the disciples, it said they were like, "How did you get here? We only saw the disciples in the boat. How did you get here?" And he says, you're seeking me because of the bread. But I am the bread of life. You know, I am the manna that came down from heaven, the living manna. And, and, and if you eat of me, you're, not, you're, you're never going to be hungry. However, that miracle manna that Moses um, provided, but actually that was me, that people would eat, but they would still die. He goes, I am the manna that came down from heaven. So nobody is understanding this. They're seeing it just in terms of like superficial miracles. And do we really see what Jesus, who Jesus is? Is he just a Does he just provide for our needs or is he our life? You know, how deep have we gone in his love? So Jesus understands that. And he says to them, um, you're, 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 you're freaked out and boggled because your hearts are hardened. Your hearts are hardened. So let me just find my place here. And yes, Anna. It makes me think about people that want to be friends with like a millionaire. Mm. Because they're going to probably get free stuff or lots of benefits. Mm. So if they stay tight with their millionaire friend, then they're going to go on free cruises and like all that. And I feel like people see Jesus that way a lot of times. Like if they're close with him, then they'll get all these benefits and see signs and wonders, but he wants us to see him for him, not for his, like, those things. Not, not because of the, of the benefits. That's right. That's right. That's exactly what Jesus wants. He says, um, uh, the sea became, okay, so 
He said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. And they were glad to take him in the boats. And then on the next day, the crowds remained on the other side of the sea and other boats came near where, where they had eaten that bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got in the boats and went over and then found him and said, Rabbi, when did you get here? How did you get here? And Jesus said, truly, truly, I see say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves of bread, right? But he says, don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to life, eternal life. So what does that mean? Don't work for the food that that's you know gonna rot, like this bread. If we kept it for more than a week, it would start to rot. Don't work for that. You know, free bread is great, but like, what is it if it rots anyway? What does, what kind of work is that? Let's find out what that is. Don't work for the food that perishes. This is the key here, but for the food that endures to eternal life. It says, then they said to him, what must we do, be doing to, to do the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him who has sent me. Okay, believing that Jesus is God. He is the one that was sent by God. That's the work, is to believe that. Sometimes when we're in the middle of a storm in our lives, it's hard to believe that God really sees us and is really going to rescue us. I know that all of us in this room have had our trials and maybe even now are in the midst of a storm where we feel like we are all alone, that Jesus has sent us somewhere on a mission and we thought we heard him. We thought we heard him saying, get in the boat and go over here. You know, we're going to do this thing. And when we get in the boat and it just seems to get worse. But Jesus says, I think he's preparing the disciples for when he's no longer going to be here in bodily form. And, and he said, when he was about ready to leave the earth, he empowered them all. And he said, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm not going to leave you orphans because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And this is what we celebrate today. And the work of God is to believe that. And to step into our identity as true sons and daughters of God. To believe that we too can say to that storm, be quiet in Jesus' name. And that we know that, that Jesus is with us as we command the storms to be quiet. So let's do that. Jesus, we just ask that you would soften our hardened hearts. Where we have, a hard, have had a hard time believing that you are actually with us because we're looking at our lives and we don't feel like it. But I just pray that you would fill us with a fresh um, download of your Holy Spirit today so that we can be refreshed by your presence and, and that our faith would be strengthened, that you would soften our hearts, which are hard, and that you would help us to see you as more than just benefits, getting us this, doing that, doing this, doing that, but that you are actually God with us and that you are on our side. Just pray that in your son Jesus' name. Amen.